Hi, I'm Chelsea Neumeyer and I'm a time management and productivity coach. My goal is to help you go from overwhelmed to under control without a strict schedule or a bunch of productivity hacks. Each week, we'll talk about productivity mindset, actionable advice, my favorite resources, and you'll hear from guests just like you who are maximizing their limited resources. If you're anything like me, you're listening to this on the go, so check out the show notes and follow me on Instagram to learn more. Okay, let's start the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I am so excited to welcome Kendra Swalls. She's a mom of two, photographer, and educator. In 2012, she started her first business, Paisley Lane Photography, and everything changed. What started as a hobby alongside her teaching career quickly turned into a successful business. In 2017, she left her teaching career behind to run her photography business and started Girl Means Business Brand and Podcast. She now helps small business owners take their business from survival mode to success mode using the same relationship marketing strategies that have been the foundations for her business success. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk with you today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Wonderful. So I know I just read your bio, but I would love to hear in your own words a little bit more about you and what inspired you to start your business. Yeah. So like I said in the bio, I I was a teacher. That was always sort of my plan and path. I never really had any other dreams or desires necessarily. And I got into teaching and it's teaching comes very naturally to me. So it was a job that I enjoyed for the most part. I mean, there's teaching's a difficult industry to be in, but I really enjoyed the, the kids and having those moments where they understood something. And I loved like the environment of being in a classroom and things like that. But I realized about three or four years into it, I was like, started craving something more. I was like, I just don't know that this is where I see myself forever. And so I thought, well, I'll go back and get my master's degree and maybe do something like outside of the classrooms, but still in education. And so I went back and got my master's in curriculum and instruction. And while I was newly married, doing a master's degree, pregnant with my first daughter, teaching full-time. And I thought, huh, maybe I should start a business. One does. Yes, yeah. as one does. I can still remember sitting at dinner telling my husband this, and he was just looking at me like, I'm sorry, is this the pregnancy hormones talking? Like what's <laughs> happening here? And so I had always really enjoyed photography. Um, as a kid, I was the kid who like always had pictures all over my walls and I had a, this is going to date me, but I had my like disposable camera with me everywhere I went. And I just loved, there was something magical about like documenting these like moments in time. And I still have like boxes and boxes full of these old photos from when I was a kid. And my husband had all these hobbies and I was like, I need a hobby. So he'd bought me a digital camera. And that's where I was like, I could do this as a business. Like this makes sense. And so in 2012, I started Paisley Photography and it just kind of was like the side hobby for a while, but it was like my passion project. You know, I'd go mm-hmm. home in the evenings and I would Google and YouTube and learn as much as I could about photography. And then I would dream up these photo shoots. And for the next probably first, well, 2012 to about 2014, it was just sort of this like little side thing I would do in the summers and on breaks and weekends and for family and friends. And then I sort of, turned this corner. I went to a conference and I started learning about the business of building a business Mm -hmm. outside of like just taking good photos. And I was hooked and that's when sort of everything changed. And I started treating it more like growing a business and not just 
of this creative hobby that I had. And then from there, I was like, this is something I would love to do full time because as much as I enjoy teaching and honestly, at the end of my teaching career, I had an incredible job as a math coordinator for a really small district. I, it, by all standards in education, it was like the dream job, but I wanted that time flexibility and freedom. I wanted to be able to like create my own schedule and not have to be like, like literally the office I was in was a cinder block room in the middle of the school with no windows to the outside world. And my only window was like this little sliver in my door that overlooked like the hallway leading to the library. And I was like, this is how I'm going to spend my days every day, nine months of the year. Like this is not what I want for my life. And so I took my business and I just ran with it as fast as I could. And in 2017, I left teaching. I told my husband, give me one year to see if this works. My youngest daughter had just turned one and he was like, okay, one year. And if we're eating ramen noodles and like, it's just a mess, I can go back to teaching and I haven't looked back since. And then when I left, I had a ton of people asking me like, well, how did you do this? And so that's what led me to start the Girl Means Business podcast and the coaching brand and all the things that have come since then where I get to marry kind of my love of business with my natural like talent of teaching people how to do things. And so it's been this really incredible journey of sort of finding my way through this entrepreneurship thing. And it's been awesome. That's amazing. I love that. And I, we've talked a few times. And so I can definitely see that teacher and that passion and then love come through as you're talking. And I do love your podcast. So I highly recommend shout out to your podcast, anyone who is in the business space and needs that bit of extra creativity and inspiration and, and lessons. It's super, super valuable. So thank you so much for sharing that story. That's awesome. So when you're in your coaching business, who are your ideal clients? Who do you like to work with? So I love working with moms, so Mm -hmm. women who are either still working in like a nine to five, but they want sort of that same thing. I was craving that idea of having that freedom and flexibility to spend more time with their family, more time doing things that are their own or moms that have maybe like been a stay at home mom. And now they want something that's, that's theirs. And so mompreneurs who are either launching or trying to grow a business so that they can contribute to their family, but also have something that fulfills them as a person, as a woman and give them that time they have with their family and friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. And and I, I like talking with folks who are in that in between phase as well, especially making that transition, because obviously they're the folks who need the most support with time management because they have such limited time. So yeah. when you're working with the the mompreneurs or the people who are making that transition at, at some point, right? Making that transition from full-time to working their business, what are your recommendations for where they should start out? What are the first things they really need to be thinking about when they're setting up their business? So the first things I would say is kind of like the question you just asked me of who is it that you serve? Mm -hmm. You know, I know a lot of people and I come, you know, obviously from like the photography world, that was, you know, my first business. And that's where I grew kind of a community of other photographers. So I see a lot of them doing this where it's like, well, I just want to help everybody. Like I want to take pictures of anybody that will pay me money. And so it's really easy to get caught up in this idea of like, I just want to anybody that's willing to work with me, I'll take on. But if you can start off like getting very specific about who you serve and what it is that you help them accomplish, 
that's going to help you with everything else in your business because all of your branding, your marketing, your messaging, that's all going to be geared towards that person. And so the more clear you can get on who that is, I think the faster things will start to happen for you. You'll start to see it on like social media. If you're talking to one specific type of person, you're going to attract that person. And I know there's a fear there that comes because people are like, well, what if I like say I want to help, you know, moms, but then I have people who aren't moms yet, but I could still help them. They're still going to (laughs) come. Like, it's not like you're alienating those people, but there's something that happens when you get really like laser focused on who it is you're trying to help. All of a sudden people are like, Oh, Oh, wait a minute. Like I want to, I want to see what's going on over there. Cause she's got like a real, you know, a message for people. So that's kind of my first step. And that's something that I wish I had done sooner in my business. But again, I didn't have the resources to help me like understand all those things. And so getting really focused on who you're talking to, and then that falls into the getting focused on how you're reaching them. So what type of content are you putting out there? What are you doing that is going to let those people know that you exist so that they can be like sort of sucked into your, your vortex of all the things you have going on. Yeah. I think that ideal client or that niche is so important and it is really scary to have to pick, especially when you're just starting. And one of the best pieces of advice I got when I was first starting is that you can also change your mind about who that is. And so as scary as it is to really commit and tailor your language and start adjusting what you're putting out there. If it doesn't feel good anymore, it's okay to change that. You're not necessarily alienating everybody. You're inviting a different group to be part of your community and part of your audience. Yeah. And I'll, I'll that I was like, when you said that, I like, like my head started yes. bobbing because I was like, yes. And I think that that is, that's a great point because it is easy to forget that or to not know that that's okay. And sometimes people just need to hear like, it's okay for your business to grow and evolve. And again, I'll go back to my photography thing. I started off and I literally would shoot anything anybody asked me for. I have shot bar mitzvahs. I've done pictures of people's pets. I have done like newborns when I shouldn't have I like everything. And I started noticing like what really brought me joy. And so I started leaning towards like couples engagements, couples, and then weddings. And for a while, like I was uh, considered a wedding photographer. That's what all of my branding was wedding photography. And then that started to not really be fun anymore. And I started to find myself really enjoying other aspects. And I got into you know, personal branding photos and doing things for small businesses. And it's not like, you know, I had to start a whole new business again. I was just able to sort of like phase one out and phase another one in and it, it starts to evolve and your audience evolves with you or they drop off and it's totally fine. But like, yeah, you can't be afraid. I mean, if you go onto anybody's social media account, that's been in business for a while, this is one thing that I think it's really fun to do. And you scroll as far back as you Ooh, can. Please don't like, do that just, on my account. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I use the example, like, you, Hey, go to mine girl means business, scroll all the way back as far as you can. And you'll even start to see like the transition happening yep. of like, when I was trying to appeal to everybody and I was trying to be like this certain look to my feed and the aesthetic. And then over time, it slowly evolved into what you see now. And, um, you know, I've done that with like Amy Porterfield and Jenna Kutcher. I'll go back really far on theirs and be like, Oh, okay. They didn't start at where they are right now. 
they started way back here, which was messy and not pretty. And now they've come, you know, so you can see the evolution and it's really helpful for people to be like, oh, okay. So it's okay for me to, to sort of start in one place and evolve to something else later on. Yeah. It is really affirming to go look back, especially like, I mean, Amy Porterfield and Jenna Kutcher are just such amazing names in the industry. And they're my kind of go-to inspiration to remind myself, like they just started too. Like they mm-hmm. weren't, they didn't just start at the level that they're at right now. They had to start somewhere. And right. so it's really exciting to see their, their growth, their trajectory and remind myself like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> it's not <laughs> going to take time and I need to be patient, but we'll get there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So when we're thinking about, again, kind of the first things first is who are, who are we going to serve? And then what platforms you're going to get out there as entrepreneurs, we have so many things, so many little things that come up on our plate. How do you prioritize those business tasks in your day? So I haven't been great at this in the past. And (laughs) as we were talking about before we hit record, I'm an Enneagram seven. So I'm a little (laughs) all over the place sometimes, but I have learned that I have to be a little more like organized and diligent in what I'm doing. Otherwise I will like fall victim to what I call like the shiny thing syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I'll start chasing a rabbit down a hole somewhere and I get totally off track. So what I do is I start off by, I have like a document on my computer and I'll even put it up here on my whiteboard on my wall sometimes. And I'll put like, these are my goals. Like maybe one of my goals is I'm, you know, launching this program later this year. So it's to launch this program. And my goal is also to build up my email list and you know, whatever else my goals are. And so anytime that I'm working on something, I always try to think, is this helping me achieve one of those goals? So if I am scrolling through Facebook and something pops up in my feed and it's like, oh, you need to try this new program because it's going to do X, Y, and Z for your business. I can run it through that filter of, is this really going to help me accomplish these like top three goals I have in my business? If it doesn't, then I'm like, well, okay, bookmark it, come back to it when I have time. Or if I change, if my goals change and maybe that helps me. So one is really being focused on like, what is my end goal and what's going to help me get there? And so I, yeah, social media is a great example of this. It's really easy to kind of get sucked into this idea of like, I have to be posting on social media all the time, creating for social media, doing all the different, I mean, there's so many different things you mm-hmm. can spend all day, every day on just Instagram. Absolutely. And I have had to remind myself that like posting to Instagram is not my business. <laughs> it is one small piece of my business. And so if I found, and I did, I found myself spending so much energy creating content for Instagram that it wasn't really moving the needle forward in my business. It wasn't really getting me new clients or helping me achieve a goal. So I had to kind of pull back and go, okay, what else do I need? What have I been neglecting instead of doing that? So I've been neglecting, like keeping up with my blog, like turning my podcast Mm -hmm. into transcripts, things like that. Things that are actually going to like boost my SEO, things that are going to like create a client workflow, things like that. So those are kind of my filters of like, I prioritize things based on what is going to help me reach my goals and what, how much time and energy am I devoting to things in my business based on the size of the impact they have on my business? Yeah, that's really, really insightful. And I love the idea of framing it around your goal because 
exactly as you mentioned, it's so easy in this space to be distracted or or to think to your point about the program you mentioned that everything is just going to be this magic bullet. And then you invest so much time and energy into something where if you had, if you had actually just done the work behind it, you would have made leaps and bounds versus learning how to do the work yeah. for that thing. So I, I think that that's such a great lens through which to look at priorities in your tasks as, is this going to help me reach my goal? Is yeah. this a stepstone? And that, and that's really how I define productivity, right? It's like, are you working on the right thing at the right time to help you reach your goal? Right. Cause as you mentioned, we could spend all day just making content. Yeah. And if it's not reaching the right audience, if it's not putting them through a funnel of any mm-hmm. kind of sort, right. It's what's, what's the purpose behind it. So that's well, that's really a helpful. good point. Like the putting them through a funnel, because that's, again, that's exactly what it happened to me on Instagram was I was putting out content, but it wasn't doing anything. It was mm-hmm. just content for the sake of content. Whereas like now I've restructured, I'm like, if I'm going to put content out there, it has to have an end goal of growing my email list or bringing awareness for this program or this product or this service or whatever. And not that that means I'm not selling all the time. It just means that everything has an end goal. It's not just a placeholder out there in the world. It has to have a purpose. Yeah. It's not just a picture of of you saying, Hey, this, you know, here I am. And this is what I'm working on. Right. Like I, if there's a call to action, there's a strategy and, but that can also take a lot of thought behind it too. Do you ever find yourself struggling with the planning versus execution conundrum? Like spending a lot of time planning and then, yeah. Yeah. Because like, I'm, I'm a planner more mm-hmm. than I am a doer. Yep, like same. I'm the idea person. <laughs> and so like, if you need a great idea, I'm your girl. If you need someone to execute that great idea, I may not be the best person for that. And so when it comes to like being a business owner, I'm like, I'm a great boss. Cause I can tell you exactly what I want done. Now the employee side of me is not the best. So it's, it, yeah, I have to kind of, and I tell my coaching clients this, I have one that I'm working with now that she's starting a podcast and she could spend her whole time in research mode and like researching the different topics that she wants to talk about. So I like, I have a client right now that I'm working with and she's starting a podcast. And so she could spend all this time in research mode. And I told her, I was like, okay, you need to limit yourself, like put a time limit on how long you're willing to allow yourself to do that task, because otherwise you're going to spend four days researching, and then you're going to have one day to record, edit, publish all the things. So I had to take my own advice and be like, okay, I need to put a limit on myself of like, I will only allow myself to like, quote unquote, plan something for a certain period of time. And then I have to actually take action. And another thing I like to do is like break it up. So I'll be like, okay, if like, let's say I'm launching a new product and I need to like like sort of research the product, develop it, like record it, publish it, market it, all this kind of stuff. I will break it up into those parts and I'll say, okay, let's plan, like let's create a plan for how I want to create it. Like what what I want it to look like, what's the format, what's this, what's that, and then take action. And then I can spend time planning the next piece. And it's almost like a reward system of like, okay, I planned, yes, I planned and then I did something. So because I did something, I now get to plan again. (laughs) So I'm rewarding myself for the things I don't necessarily, I mean, and I do enjoy the actual doing for this most part, but 
it's the idea phase that's my favorite. So I have to like pace myself a little bit. Oh, that's so good. I'm gonna have to try try using that as well because I'm I'm a procrastinate planner, right? So Mm -hmm. I will procrastinate doing the work by creating a beautiful plan that gets hung up on my whiteboard. And then I'm like, cool. I was, you know, like that was three weeks ago. And where am I in the plan? And so I think I like the idea of breaking it down into the smaller parts, which I do when I'm creating any kind of to-do list. I always recommend people, right? You want to start at those smallest possible tasks. But when you're breaking things down into those chunks and planning around that, that's a great way to think about it. So yeah. All right. Well, one of the other things I really love to do in this podcast is kind of take a peek behind the curtain of what a normal day or week in your life looks like. So would you mind running us through your schedule? Yeah, sure. So it's different depending on whether or not my kids are in school or out of school. Mm -hmm. So in the summers, this is definitely a lot more relaxed because they're home all the time and we'll kind of go and do things. But I, like right now we're in school season. So Mm -hmm. the kids are gone all day and I'm a big fan of time blocking. So I usually will get up and get the kids to school. And then I try to leave the first hour of my day. So like eight to nine for like me time. So -hmm. that's when I'll like either, you know, go do, if it's nice out, I'll maybe take the dog for a walk or I'll fix breakfast, or I'll like go sit on the back porch for a little while or do a little laundry. I mean, that's not me time laundry, but doing something that's like not work related. And that way, like, I just, I, cause I don't like, the, again, this is the whole time freedom. I don't like jumping right into my day. Mm-hmm. I like to kind of yeah. ease into it. And then the rest of the day from like nine to about two or three is just pretty much work time. I dedicate that time to, I try to like come into my office space, which is just an extra room in our house. And I try to really like stay focused on being in here and in work mode. Cause then after three o'clock it's pick up kids from school, kids are home, dinner, sports, all the things. So in that time that I have, I try to break it up depending on the day. So I sort of break my week up by day. So like Monday is more of a, like, you know, get things done task-wise, like answer emails or respond to messages or, you know, follow up with clients. And then like middle of my week is more of my like recording episodes, recording. I'm doing a lot more video content now. So recording videos and calls, things like that. And then I try to take Fridays or another slow day. So I kind of bookmark my week with Mondays and Fridays being slower days and trying to get into more of like ramping up for the week and then ramping down to the weekend. But I like, again, I'm an Enneagram seven, so I like flexibility. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's hard for me to really have like super set routine and schedule. So having this sort of like loose schedule for my week is really helpful. And that way I know I'm like, okay, I know that usually on Mondays and Fridays, I have a really light schedule. Now, obviously if there are some things that come up, like this morning, I had a podcast interview fairly early just because that was the only time that they were able to do it. And I'm like, okay, I'm willing to accommodate. I will do like an 830 call because it's, it's this one time. But for the most part, I try to kind of protect certain times of my week just so that I don't ever feel like burned out because I, I mean, that's why I'm doing this is so that I have the flexibility and the freedom to, you know, go have lunch with a friend or my mom and I, she lives 30 minutes away and she and I are trying to like every other Friday, go try out a new place for lunch and just have girl time. And like, so I try to protect those things and then have like, when I'm in work mode, I am like full on in work mode. Yeah. That's great. It sounds like it's like, you would almost call it like a themed 
day, right? You try to, yeah. yeah. Which I think is that nice hybrid between like a more structured time block schedule and having the flexibility because it doesn't mean that every Tuesday is going to look exactly the same. It just means that every Tuesday you're going to think about content, for example, yeah. or recording, you know, like you, you have an idea of what you're going to approach and work on that day without right. it having being from nine to 10, you're going to create Instagram captions from 10 to 11. Yeah. You're going to, you know, so that's, that's great. I love that. Yeah. I think it's also helped that like I've learned when I'm the most productive throughout my day. Mm-hmm. And so I know like, again, that first hour, that eight to nine time, like I'm not going to be productive in that time of day anyway. Cause I'm still like in like chaos from the morning mode. Like I just need a few minutes. If I were to have to like every day at eight o'clock be on and like be on a camera or be on a call, I'd be, I, I think it would not be great. And then I also know that like, I hit a slump around like two every day. Like I just kind of my creativity level drops, my energy level drops. And from about two to four, I just kind of need to sort of do either like low key tasks or that's again, when I go pick up my kids and I like hang out with them and do homework with them and things like that. And then at four o'clock, I might be like, Ooh, I really want to work on this for a little bit before we go head off to practice at six. And so I sort of know sort of how my day like energy wise is going to go. And I'm able to schedule and, and like create my day around that as well. Yeah. How did you figure out your energy flow? Was that observation? Did you like just trial and error? A lot of it was observation. A lot of it was just like going, okay, I'm going to see if I did like trial and error, you know, like, okay, if what happens if I do schedule these calls or if I schedule more content in the morning and I'm like, will I be more creative? And I was like, Hmm, not really. I really get the creative bug, sadly, from like literally four to six. Like (laughs) the time when my house is the most chaotic is when I'm like, no, I want to be creating go. (laughs) But, but I've, you know, I've also found that, you know, like around, like I said, that two o'clock slump, like I've had days where I am trying to record videos and it hit like two o'clock hits. I'm like, why can I not form a complete thought right now? And I look at the clock and it's two 15. I'm like, okay, that's why, like, I just need to take a break. Yeah. So a lot of it was observation. Some of it was trial and error. And it was just sort of like paying attention to how I feel throughout the day. So do you purposefully leave the easier tasks yeah. for that yeah. time? Do you kind of list, like kind of prioritize your, your tasks based on that flow then? Yeah. So I started off, like if I'm looking at my to-do list, the first thing I look at is which of these tasks requires the most like time and energy. So a mm-hmm. lot of it has to do with, you know, for example, recording podcast episodes, recording videos. I can't do that necessarily when my kids are home very much because they're loud, they're interrupting. Sure. Like it's mm-hmm. my focus is thrown off. And so once I kind of go, okay, I have to get these things done while my kids are out of the house or while I have them doing something else or whatever, then I look at, okay, what else beyond those things? Um, like for example, client work. So if I'm working on something that I I'm helping a client with, and I'm like, this is going to require me to, to like be creative. Like one of them is I'm helping her with her like website sort of design. I'm helping her kind of come up with looking at people's websites and piecing together like ideas of what she likes versus what's going to fit her style and personality. To me, that takes a lot of brain power because it takes creativity and like thinking outside of what I'm seeing on my screen. And so if I were to do that task at two o'clock in the afternoon, it would not be a good, a good idea, right. <laughs> but I can answer an email at two o'clock and I can like 
maybe go and engage on social media or create, you know, post on Instagram stories at two o'clock, but I'm not going to be able to, I'm going to save like the creativity parts and the things that require me to be a little bit more actively like processing and thinking for those higher energy times. Yeah, that's great. I always recommend people have like, you know, I always want to say no more than like three to five things on your list, but the reality is you're going to have a kind of the, the low hanging fruit list is kind of what I call mm-hmm. it too. Like just those easy things where if you're in between meetings for whatever reason, or you're just not feeling it, that you have a couple easy things that you can get done. So you're still using that time. Well, especially if you don't need it to be a break, but you're also have a plan for it. Yeah. Right. I think it sounds like you have a plan for that time, which is really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the other questions I really like to ask is how flexibility shows up in your schedule, but we kind of already talked about this with your <laughs> seven, everything is kind of flexible for you. Yes. So. <laughs> well, and I'll like going back to that, that was one of the things where, and I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs who have felt the same way is one of the things that we like about running our own business is we don't want to feel like we are constrained to mm-hmm. like a certain thing. And it's something I really struggled with whenever i left my teaching job and I got, and I was working from home and I was like, I can do whatever I want at any point of the day. And then I had such like such a lack of like control and a lack of scheduling that things fell through the cracks and things weren't working and things were not, not getting done when they should. So luckily, like I, it's taken me a while, but I have figured out how to balance the idea of like having structure with still having flexibility because I still, to this day, like if someone were to say, I had someone, I don't know, a couple months ago, tried to get me to join this networking group. And they were like, we meet every Thursday at 10 AM online for an hour. And I was like, Nope, that's a hard no. Like, (laughs) I don't care how great your network, like the idea of having every single Thursday at 10 AM, I'm like, but what if I have something that comes up on Thursday? Like, what if I decide that I want to like it's really nice out. So I, like, I, mean, I don't know, like I, I, I just, my brain immediately goes to, nope, not going to do that. So I've had to kind of like train myself to be a little bit more open to some structure, but still give myself room for that flexibility. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so funny too. And it's such, it's such a different approach because that's why I love having these conversations because everybody gets to have their own schedules, right? You're going to find what works for you. You're going to find the the rhythm and the flow and the scheduling that works best for not only the business and life you have, but also your personality, right? Like, what do you like to have? And if the idea of standing meetings sounds terrible to you, then you don't have to have that in your business, right? You can set up your life and your business to accommodate that, but having some parameters can be really helpful as well as yeah. some, some guidelines, some guideposts and those theme days or time blocking helps with, right. It provides the guardrails to keep you on track. So when something fun does come up, you know what you're coming back to, you know, exactly. what you have to get back to work on. So I yeah. love that. All right. I have a few kind of fun rapid fire questions to okay. hit you with at the end. Are you a morning person or a night person? Oh, I'm a night person. A thousand percent. I have the hardest time. Like I will, like I told you, I will fade in the middle of the day. And then I have like a second wind and I will just be like, go, go, go until I make myself go to bed at night. Yeah. I actually just had someone on Instagram. I follow posted about how like she made herself a latte and it was like 7 PM at night. Just like ready for this. (laughs) 
And I messaged her. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? She's like, you're not here to yell at me, are you? I said, no, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course not. Everybody's different. And I know, like, especially when you're, when the house is quiet, no one's emailing you, no one's texting you. Like, man, I can, I can get some serious work done. Yeah. Like, my favorite nights. And- oh yeah. yeah. Like my favorite nights. And I, I love my husband and kids to death. But when the kids are in bed and if my husband's traveling for work and it's, mm-hmm. I don't have anybody to answer to at the end of the day, like I can just go sit in bed with my laptop, put on some run, like friends reruns yeah, and love like it. work. I'm like, that is like my perfect dream night with a glass <laughs> of wine beside like, oh, that's heaven, heaven. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. I love that. All right. Paper and pen or all digital? I'm going to go hybrid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love paper and pen. I mean, you can see on my bookcase, I have like notebooks everywhere. I love a good notebook. And to me, like if I'm like, if I'm doing a podcast interview, I want to be writing notes down. I don't mm-hmm. want to be like, I've tried the iPad with the little pencil, you know, right on the good notes or whatever, but calendar, I like to be digital just because if I need to have access to it at any time and day and location. So definitely, I think a hybrid of the two. Yeah, that's great. Perfect. And what is your favorite way to relax? Well, I just said one way was the <laughs> friends reruns <laughs> and a glass of wine. I would, I mean, honestly, that's kind of my thing is I like, I love watching TV and I don't do it. Like I don't turn the TV on and on at all during the day, usually not until like the evening. And so I love to just like sort of veg out on the couch in front of the TV. I also love being outside when it's really nice. We live on a couple acres and we've got a pool out back. And one of my favorite things is to sit outside, especially when it gets cooler and like have a little, we have a little gas fire pit on our patio and turn on the fire pit and like listen to the waterfall on the pool and like just sort of zone out and like be outdoors for a while. Those are probably my two favorite ways to relax. Oh, I love that. Are you following any tv shows or is it like fun background noise tv shows a lot of it's like fun background stuff so like I said friends the office I do like to find like random little shows on like Netflix so I just I had COVID recently and I was in bed for like three or four days and so I watched the entire show of Virgin River on Netflix okay, yeah which I'd never gotten into, but I, I don't know. My attention span is like not one where I can like really get into these like super, and I'm not a fan of like the bachelor, bachelorette or real housewives, none of that kind of stuff. That's too, too much drama for me. I just like fun comedy. Again, it it leads into my Enneagram seven. Don't give me anything that's going to make me feel things that are not happy and fun. (laughs) That's great. I really feel like we all have those like background TV shows that are just fun and don't require us to like pay close attention to still know what's happening and those are perfect for background noise when you're doing chores around the house and stuff I always have a couple on our list so that's what I was wondering and same thing I don't have the attention span either I can't watch movies like I just can't sit through a whole movie (laughs) so well I and I like movies but the thing is nowadays like to me you either have like all the action movies seem the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like my husband would be like, let's watch this. I'm like, have we not already seen that one? He's like, no, that one had this person in. This one has this. Per-. I'm like, okay, it's it's people chasing people and blowing things up. Like it's yeah. all the same. <laughs> so I, I mean, I don't mind a good movie if it's really good, but TV shows for me are kind of like my safety blanket. Like yeah. I just, I love a good TV show. Same, same. And what throws me we're getting very off topic here, but what throws me in action movies is any kind of big car chase or explosions where things are flipping around because I'm just thinking like, 
first of all, all of those poor people. And <laughs> second of all, who's going to clean that up? Like yes. you just destroyed an entire highway. <laughs> like who is cleaning this up? Yeah. And I get, I'm, I'm gone. Like you've lost yep. me. I can no longer participate in the, disassociate the, <laughs> from the reality of the show. Well, and on that same lines, like I get caught up in like, how did they make this happen? Like which parts of this are real? Which parts of this screen CGI? Screen? Yes. <laughs> and sometimes I try to like, look in like, I like, you can almost tell sometimes when something's green screen. I mean, some of them mm-hmm. are really good now, but you're just like, oh, that's fake wind blowing in their hair. And that's so I get caught up in those kinds of thoughts. And then I'm like, wait a minute. And I have like, te- I am terrible with keeping up with characters sometimes. So I'll be like, wait a minute, who is that again? And my husband's like, oh my gosh, he's been in this movie the entire time. And I'm like, okay, but just who is he? <laughs> Good guy or bad guy? <laughs> yeah. I have no fun to watch those shows with. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's great. Well, Kendra, this has been an awesome conversation and I really appreciate your time. So I'd love to point people to where they can find you and follow along and learn more about you and your business. Yeah. So you can find me. Everything is, is at girl means business. So the podcast website is girlmeansbusiness.com. And then you can find me on Instagram at girl means business. And my website's a good place to go. Cause there you'll find all the links to everything, all my socials, the podcast, and all the resources I have available. Perfect. And this will all be in the show notes as well. But again, thank you so much for your time today. And it was wonderful to chat with you. Thank you. Thank you for enjoying another episode of From Overwhelmed to Under Control. I hope you're feeling one step closer to your goals. Don't forget to check out the show notes and follow along on Instagram at Chelsea and Coaching. I look forward to talking to you soon.